Hello and welcome to this bonus edition of the Ken Burns Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to dive right into what is going on with this so-called rebranding of Facebook. And I'll play this clip right here, right now. This is Zuckerberg saying he's excited about moving in a new direction. Listen to this. We just announced that we are making a fundamental change to our company. We're now looking at and reporting on our business as two different segments, one for our family of apps and one for our work on future platforms. And as part of this, it is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. And there you have it. Uh, Zuckerberg is obviously uh, going into a new direction, so he says. So he's rebranding, restructuring uh, to do that. So it reflects all of what Facebook does and what it encompasses. Now, is this a trick or is it a treat? What I mean by treat is, is this something that's great for everybody? Or is this a trick because he's trying to distance himself from past wrongs? Now, let's look at a couple articles. Number one. Journalist Kami Reek from the Boston Globe, in a tweet, puts this out there. It says, this is really about Facebook trying to distance itself from all of the controversy. It says, at Parmi on the company's new name change to Meta. But Facebook can't run away from the problems that are being caused on its own site, she said. And I would agree. Just look at what's happened uh, with conservatives being targeted. Obviously, it's, it's a known fact. You cannot fight that fact. It's been absolutely obvious. And the New York Post, in an article by Matt Purple, actually on October 25th, so before this change happened, uh, some of what he says is this. The reason that Facebook is getting retired, per Zuck, is that he wants to transition from people seeing us as primarily being a social media company to being a metaverse company. Okay, but what this means is that he's trying to distance himself from Facebook and Instagram, the very brands he owns. The reason is that those brands have become synonymous with privacy violations, self-harming, video challenges, conspiracy theories, bullying, riots, and insurrections. It also goes on to say the apotheosis came with the election of Donald Trump, our first social media president, who was the living embodiment of the political made personal. Now, I don't I don't know if he means that as a, as a negative thing in a negative context there, because I don't believe it was at all. Um, it was great that we had it so personalized because, heck, it's our country and it's our president. We've voted him in there. Anyway, it goes on to say, my conservative friends rightly complain that Facebook is trying to censor them. Yet the most on conservative thing Zuckerberg ever did was to fundamentally overhaul our way of life without applying the forethought that might attend the release of a new ironing board. So now the unintended consequences have become too big to ignore. Two whistleblowers have emerged with details of just how harmful Facebook understands its own products to be. For all the good Facebook has admittedly done, it's simply undeniable that right now, a big part of Zuckerberg's legacy is to have unleashed forces he can't control. So look, that is the reality, I think. A couple of things come to mind right there is this, is 
uh, two podcast episodes back, I talked about the metaverse. We're getting lost in the metaverse. And it's interesting because I didn't realize this, this was actually going to happen. I knew that they were heading towards the metaverse. I didn't know they were going to do a whole rebranding. And now they have officially changed their name to Meta. Now, and in any other circumstance, you know, sometimes people restructure things and that's fine. And th- this one in particular, though, and you know how big Facebook really is, Instagram and all of that comes with it and all the negativity that has come with it. And as you, as you heard in the New York Times post, obviously conservatives have been targeted for a long time now, especially under Donald Trump's presidency, but everything else goes. And now they fact check everything. It's out of control. So what do they do? Let's rebrand, restructure, and let's, let's head into the metaverse and just make things even, even worse. And that's what I think is happening. So I think, it's, I, I think it's a trick. I really do. And that trick is let's try to close that chapter and go to the next chapter. But will people forget? Honestly, I think so. Because it's not stopping. It's only going to employ more people to work in this organization that is so left-wing motivated and that right there for me is the problem. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think about Facebook turning into meta? And what do you think about the metaverse? I mean, do you think that this is the direction we should be going? And how social are we actually going to be? By the way, I didn't mention, you can actually see, I, I believe somewhere, he, uh, he brings this presentation of the changing of the name in avatar form. So... That to me is just a little bit, it's insane. I'd rather see real people, but that's, that's just me. And onto something else that I really wanted to dive into. And I see posts all the time, back and forth about uh, Halloween, especially as Christians celebrate or not to celebrate. Um, what do you do and why do you do it? Now, this isn't me coming out with my opinion and telling you what I think you should do or what I do. It's not really about that. It's about, to me, it's about conscience and what, what is our motivation behind anything that we do? Is there a, a motivation of evil or good? Or, or is it just simply uh, having a, a fun time? Now, we can all look at the origins of the evil acts in Halloween itself and where it came from, which it didn't originate here, but it is like one of the biggest holidays here in America. The thing about it is, is... You can hear of people doing things that are completely wrong, but for the most part, people don't generally do those things, and it's very, very small, small, minute percentage of people who do things that are, you know, um, acts of real disgusting evil. And I know the the verses that, that come up, you know, sustained from all forms of evil and things of that nature. However, is this, is Halloween evil because it comes from the pagan origin? Uh, remember... Easter, Christmas, Halloween, the wedding ring. There's so many different things that come from quote-unquote pagan traditions, yet we still celebrate them today. Do we throw them all out because of their origins? Or can we look at the fall festivals and enjoy the, the crispness of the air and let your kids go out and grab some candy and come home? Heck, they dress up all the time, every day. I know my kids do. So what is wrong with them going out one night to grab candy from other people's houses and say trick or treat? Now, those are just my free uh, thoughts. 
uh, right now. But in all of my readings and research, which I have done a lot through the years, uh, and I've been back and forth all the time, uh, but I, I found one uh, in particular that I, I really found that he, this, this person did very well. And the uh, YouTube channel is All Things Theology. Uh, it's about eight minutes long. I want you to take a listen. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think about this. And do you think that this is more of a conscience thing? Or do you think that this is pure evil? Or are we stuck sometimes in our own ways and we're afraid to do something because of the judgmentalness, if that's even a word, of other Christians? Which, by the way, it's that's a huge thing. I think sometimes Christians are some of the most, and I am a Christian, I love the Lord. We're some of the most judgmental people in the world, which the Bible clearly and specifically says we shouldn't be. But let's hear what he has to say, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts. So first of all, let's look at the side that say Christians can't celebrate Halloween. A lot of this stuff I learned from a girl called Ali Yared, if you're familiar with her on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. But she says all this really crazy stuff about the history of Halloween and why people started doing the various things that we associate with Halloween. So Halloween has pagan origins and apparently people used to sacrifice children to kind of appease the gods of death and then they would take the fat of the children make it into candle and put it inside pumpkins. That is really, really grisly, really horrendous. There's just so many problems with that. But if people didn't want to kill their children, which is an entirely reasonable position to take, they would supposedly be cursed by spirits. And so to kind of ward off the spirits, they would dress up, hence the origin of costumes. They believe that whenever the spirits would come to your door, you would have to give them some sort of treat, some sort of reward i.e. hence trick-or-treating. And whenever you look into that aspect of it, there are just so many layers and so many things that certain bits of Halloween are really closely associated with this awful practice, this terrible pagan thing that people used to do. It has very, I guess, evil roots, evil history. Well, and if you're enjoying this so far, please do hit it with a like, that helps me out a lot. Thank you. There's a man called Anton Levey. He's the founder of the Church of Satan. And he says, I'm glad the Christians allow their children to worship the devil at least one night of the year, obviously referring to Halloween. So the Christians who are against celebrating Halloween, they look at all of this evil, awful history, and then they turn to scriptures like 1 Thessalonians 5.22, which says abstain from every kind of evil, or Ephesians 5.11, which says have nothing to do with the fruitless works of darkness. Ephesians 5.3, Paul writes that among you there must not even be a hint of a couple of different types of immorality, but the same thing applies, that sin is so dangerous and so corrupting that we can't even dabble with it. We can't have a little bit of sin. If something is evil, then we can't even be near it. We have to totally separate ourselves from it because it is gonna corrupt, it is gonna destroy. And that's a principle that we see the whole way through scripture. In the Old Testament, God's people had to be super, super holy. They had to follow the laws so stringently because God cannot be near sin in any form, even the smallest bit. And so, we as Christians, we need to be on our guard against evil, not giving the devil a foothold, but abstaining from all kinds of evil, not even allowing a hint of evil to be among us. Now that seems like a slam dunk for the anti-Halloween crowd, and it's very easy for those people to caricature the others as, okay, they're just rejecting the authority of scripture, dabbling in the world, but actually I think there's also a very strong biblical reason why people possibly are allowed to celebrate Halloween, and that is that Christians who are happy enough to celebrate Halloween believe that everything can be redeemed. Everything apart from obviously just pure evil 
can be redeemed. And this is an inherently Christian idea. We see this in Acts chapter 17. Whenever Paul is at the Areopagus, he's debating with these Greek philosophers. He quotes their own poetry, but he turns it around and makes it apply to God. He takes that from the culture, something that is wrong, that is evil and glorifies other false gods. He takes that and he redeems it and uses it to glorify the one true God. Christians have taken Christmas, they've taken Easter, which were originally very pagan things, not anything to do with Jesus, nothing to do with Christianity. They've taken those and they've redeemed them and made them into something that is very much a Christian holiday, a Christian celebration. And the best example is, of course, the Roman form of torture and execution known as crucifixion because it was once a mark and a symbol of shame and horror and death but Christians have turned that around and made it into a symbol of hope and of life and of victory and so the argument goes that perhaps this can be done with Halloween and even if they're not taking Halloween and making it into something celebratory of Jesus or of Christianity at least Halloween can perhaps be taken and made into something amoral. Now in response to that quote from Anton LaVey about Christians letting their children celebrate Halloween. I don't know if I really follow that logic because celebrating Christmas or celebrating Easter doesn't make people a Christian. Doesn't mean that they're celebrating or worshipping God and so I think it's just faulty logic to say that if you're celebrating Halloween in a non-spiritual, non-evil sense, I think it's faulty logic to say that you are worshipping Satan. Now, here's an interesting side note on that 1 Thessalonians 5 passage. This isn't the surprising passage. I'll save that for a wee minute. First Thessalonians 5, it's saying have nothing to do with the appearances of evil. Just keep away from evil, essentially. And this verse is often weaponized by Christians who oppose Halloween to kind of judge and condemn Christians who are engaging in Halloween. And I think this is the most ironic thing ever because actually what they are doing is also an appearance of evil. It is a very worldly, very anti-gospel thing to just condemn on social media, to jump into someone's feed onto their post. I mean, someone could be posting the most kingdom-growing, edifying, spiritually uplifting stuff for ages and ages and ages, all year round, and then the poster kid in a Halloween costume, and someone jumps into the comments and says, oh, you are working for the devil, all this awful stuff. That is evil, okay? That is not spiritually uplifting, that's not edifying. Perhaps the person who's doing that is thinking that they are been edifying and look, I have, have patience and respect for that person, but that's not necessarily your place to speak into that person's life. If you see that online, you gotta trust that that person has actual people that they know who are gonna listen to them. If you're just jumping in and only saying negative things, not encouraging them in the good gospel work they're doing, if you're just slagging them off for celebrating Halloween, you're trolling them. And I think 1 Thessalonians 5.22 would speak against that. Now, as for this last passage, which has nothing but everything to do with Halloween. It's Romans chapter 13 and in Romans 13 Paul is addressing an issue where some Christians have seen that certain meats are being sacrificed to idols and they're thinking okay as a Christian I cannot eat that because it's been sacrificed to an idol. Whereas Paul says actually an idol is nothing you have freedom in Christ to do that but if your conscience is telling you this is wrong then it is wrong for you. And he sets up this framework I guess of the stronger and the weaker brother. The stronger brother is the one who recognizes that their freedom in Christ allows them to do this thing because it's not immoral. Whereas the weaker brother they don't have that same strength. Yes that's what killing you means. 
For them, they very strongly feel like it would be a sin, and so for them it is a sin because if they were to do it, it would be a sin against their conscience. Now, one person is going to have the freedom to do it, another person is going to think, no, they can't do it, but the stronger, weaker language does not imply inferiority. The stronger sister, the stronger brother cannot look at the weaker sister and think, what a loser, not celebrating Halloween because they think it's wrong, but likewise, the weaker sister or the weaker brother can't look at their stronger sister, stronger brother and say, oh my goodness, what a heathen, they're celebrating Halloween, they're not as righteous as I am. I do think this is one of those issues that there's not a very clear, very obvious answer. Both arguments are strong, I get both, and so the question is going to be up to you. This is something where you can't let someone else do your thinking for you. You've got to wrestle with this yourself, you've got to pray about this, you've got to come to terms with it, and if someone lands on it differently to you, that's okay. You've got to respect them, you've got to love them, not troll them, not berate them and judge them. Just trust that they're trying to follow God and they think what they're doing is okay, whether that is celebrating or not celebrating Halloween. And there you go. I hope you enjoyed that cool accent. Uh, that was Andrew Watson of All Things Theology. I'll give him a shout out. Be sure to check him out on YouTube. Um, so yeah, I really like where, how he displayed both sides and especially his, his ending statements. But even more so, I would love to hear what your thoughts are in, your, in the comment section uh, right here on Facebook or on uh, any other platform that you want to put some comments down. Or you can email me at kburns at the bmgnetwork.com. That's kburns, B-U-R-N-S, at the bmgnetwork.com. You can also go to the bmgnetwork.com at any time because you'll find some great content there, some columns, also other great podcasters. We have got a great lineup of people who love to do this podcasting thing. So you've got the Adrian Ross Show. You've got the Pac-Man Show with Ted Flint. You have Set Apart with KC and, of course, this show, The Ken Burns Show. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Please, again, reach out at any time to any of us. And please, if you have not yet uh, subscribed to uh, the channel on YouTube, uh, please do. Because right now we have just Adrian Ross is putting out uh, YouTube videos every single week. And they are fantastic. She just had a great uh, interview that you're going to want to check out right there at the BMG Network YouTube channel. Also, if you have not yet rated and reviewed the BMG Network on Facebook, I would really appreciate it if you did. And of course, I would really appreciate it if you gave a rating to The Ken Burns Show. And you can do so on Apple or on any of the major podcast platforms where you listen. So again, thank you. And I will catch you guys on Monday right here on The Ken Burns Show only on the BMG Network. The Ken Burns Show was produced, edited, and recorded in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of The Ken Burns Show, go to the bmgnetwork.com or find The Ken Burns Show on Facebook. And please join us again as we bring you more dynamic content. Music.